Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you use promo code DNVR, new customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet this week and get $150 in free bets if your team wins. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome in to day two of our winter meetings coverage. I am Susie Hunter. We got Kale making this show happen. We got we got some stuff to talk about. We got to talk about a guy the Rockies will not be getting back. We got to talk about Trey Turner marrying the Philadelphia Phillies. Got to talk about why Aaron Judge is annoyed. He's mad at the Yankees. And, of course, we are going to hear from the All-City media crew out in San Diego. And I think Patrick is going to call in. So we got we got a lot going on. We have a lot on our plates today. So let's get right into it. The big news for us Rockies fans, Carlos Estevez is now a Los Angeles Angel. So he'll be joining his old pal Tyler Anderson, but the Angels agreed to terms with the veteran reliever on a two-year deal worth $13.5 million. That is $6.75 million annually. So yeah, of course, the media out there at winter meetings talked to Bud Black about it. We find, we haven't talked to Bud Black in so long, so we, he, had, he had a lot to say about it, but we're going to play a clip. Kayla, are we ready for it? Yes, we are. Let's hear it. I think they're getting a very talented pitcher. I think we've seen that uh, over the years, you know, with us. Uh, in full disclosure, uh, the Angels reached out to me a couple different times uh, about Carlos. <clears throat> and I said, hey, hang on a minute. You know, we're still talking to Carlos, too. But anyhow. I think this is a it's a would have been a great fit for Carlos to come back. It's a good fit for Carlos uh, with Anaheim. I think they're going to potentially give him an opportunity to close. Uh, but they're getting a, a veteran relief pitcher with a good arm uh, who's uh, who's got a great attitude, who's a great teammate. Uh, and he brings a a nice veteran presence to a to a bullpen that uh, you know, like all teams, you know, probably needs a little bit of a, a shot in the arm. Too soon, too soon, too soon, too soon. That's for later. We got some trade season talk, but that's for later. <laughs> We are all like, I, we're all, all over the place today. Neither of us brought our A game today. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk to Patrick more about what Buddy had to say about Carlos, about everything else going on at winter meetings. This is busy. Other teams are keeping very busy though. The big news that broke right after we filmed this pod yesterday, uh, Trey Turner and the Philadelphia Phillies got married. He signed an 11-year deal. That is, like, so long. That is crazy. Good for him. Um, so, yeah, he'll join his old pal Bryce Harper. The Phillies weren't even the highest bidders on Trey Turner. The Padres were. Uh, but they managed to sign him anyway. So according to reports, the Padres offered Trey Turner at least $41 million more than the Phillies did, but he still chose Philadelphia. Um, Matt Gelb of The Athletic reported 
that John Middleton was at the Eagles game on Sunday and fans were cheering at him, sign Trey Turner. Crazy how, like, you know, the people in charge listen to fans in all settings. Just feel like we don't always get that here. I feel like maybe fans don't feel as heard as they want to be. As the, If I could get a sentence, that would be great. But anyway, the shortstop market is still hot. It's still hot. Um, uh, so the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Twins, the Angels, depending on the Aaron Judge situation, maybe the Giants or the Yankees, they're all still monitoring that shortstop market too. So juicy stuff happening. Um, speaking of the Aaron Judge situation, we learned more about the Aaron Judge situation because of a Time Magazine article. So Aaron Judge was named Time's Athlete of the Year. So, of course, they they got that interview. Um, we learned that he is annoyed with the Yankees. Kale, have you seen this? Oh, my goodness. So this to me, this is some juicy stuff. So this article in the interview, he said that he felt blindsided in April when New York Yankees GM Brian Cashman took the rare step of publicly revealing the judge had turned out a $213.5 million offer to stay in the Bronx for the next seven years. So Aaron Judge said, we kind of said, hey, let's keep this between us. I was a little upset that the numbers came out. I understand it's a negotiation tactic. Put pressure on me, turn fans against me, turn media on me. That part of it, I didn't like. Like, wow. I, I'm surprised to just hear him talking about him being annoyed. So that just, that kind of like raises a little flag for me, thinking maybe he won't end up with the Yankees. I don't know. They even got, though, they got they got interviews from everyone. They got Anthony Rizzo saying, like, oh, that's the best walk year you could ever have in any sport. Like, what Aaron Judge did last season was just insane. Um, but we also did see that he was at the Bucks game last night. He was at Monday Night Football near Yankees spring training, but, you know, also not far from Philly spring training, Jay spring training. I wouldn't read that too much into that. He's just enjoying his – he's enjoying his hot stove season, it seems like. Cause he's not even at, he's not even at winter meetings. He's just, he's chilling. Um, but Mark DeLucci of sports illustrated broke it down this way. Um, I saw this on Twitter in 2022 Yankees players not named Aaron judge hit 233, 311, 396. The giants hit 234, 315, 390 judge may resign, but New York does not have a clearly better supporting cast to offer than San Francisco. So these are, these make me nervous that we are going to have to see Aaron judge in our division in the NL West. When you look at those numbers, when you look at him talking on a national platform in one of the biggest magazines about how he is annoyed with the New York Yankees, wild stuff, wild stuff. We are going to get into some more stuff in just a second, but first we got to talk about being a diehard at DNVR. Listen up. We've got watch parties almost every day of the week at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York. You can check the events page on thednvr.com to find out more. But if you're not a diehard already, 
you are missing out. You should feel the FOMO if you're not a diehard because you are not getting those price breaks on Broncos tailgates and the Nuggets party buses. The annual membership comes with a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. You are getting extra raffle tickets at watch parties to win free gear and all access to the diehards only Discord so you can chat with everyone. There's a community for everything in there. It's kind of popping, but... Listen, the bottom line, if you're not a diehard, do not fret. You can fix this. It's 50 cents for your first month at thednvr.com. And listen, game time. If you love DNVR, you are going to love game time too. It is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. So if you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, maybe floor seats at the Taylor Swift concert coming to town the same week as the Yankees, um, Listen, it's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. So if you want to attend a Rockies game next season, wait a little longer to buy it because if you wait closer to first pitch, you could save up to 60% off. That's pretty huge. The bottom line, if you love DNVR, you're going to love Game Time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. And hit the link in our description and save that. And listen, the other thing you got to know, the NBA season is heating up and there are still so many it's just so many things happening. But if you're looking to get in on the action, be like us. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100 per, a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, rebounds, more. And the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So download the app now, sign up with code DNVR, place a $5 pregame moneyline bet on any NBA team to win and get a 150 and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. We got guys out in San Diego. They are all over winter meetings. Patrick has been working around the clock, talking to everyone, making videos, pushing out tweets. But the guys out there, they've been recording so much stuff. We are going to give you a piece of that. This is some of the discussion that they had yesterday in the midst of all of these busy Monday meetings. Kayla, are we ready to roll this? Let's do it. All City Network back here at the winter meetings here in San Diego. My name is Jesse Friedman from PHNX, joined here by Patrick Lyons of DNVR Rockies, as well as Ryan Herrera of CHGO Cubs. Patrick, start with you here. Uh, we're here to talk about some potential trade action 
for the Colorado Rockies this offseason. Uh, I know you have a few different names in mind as potential trade targets for them. One of them, a uh, name I'm particularly familiar with, and Jake McCarthy of the Diamondbacks. Uh, tell us tell us what you got here. What you thinking, Patrick? Uh, uh, bag of balls. That's it. Bucket of balls. Bucket of balls. Some bats. Yeah, why not? I mean, again, isn't that typical? You know, for the Rockies. (laughs) Brian, you wouldn't know about this for the Cubs, but uh, teams from the coast they love to just say, "So here's a guy from the Rockies. Uh, We're gonna acquire and and we're gonna throw you, you know, these bones here." Uh, Even even when the Rockies had back to back postseason appearances in seventeen and eighteen, that's just kind of how it works. But no, uh, you know, we've been talking about it uh, on on PHNX Sports uh, for the last couple days. This idea that Diamondbacks have four outfielders, you wrote about it uh, quite eloquently. And so they've, they've got some room there. Rockies are looking for a left-handed outfielder that can get on base, has a little bit of power. Sounds a lot like Jake McCarthy. It does. You have a hole at third base. So one of the deals I think that would make a little bit of sense is Elias Montero for Jake McCarthy. Maybe each side needs to feel like they need to get a little bit more. I think, I think maybe the Diamondbacks might feel that they need to get a little bit more. Rockies could throw in uh, a prospect like a Yankee L. Fernandez. And you know what? The Diamondbacks, you can go ahead and, and include Nick Ahmed. He's got one year left. So the Rockies are essentially okay. eating that contract. Eating some money. Throw, okay. a couple, throw, throw a couple million bucks the Rockies way. <laughs> and we'll also take Mark Melanson off your hands, who hasn't really worked out for the Diamondbacks. He's a golden huh. Colorado native. And Rockies need some veteran pitchers. Uh, again, it's only a one-year deal. So uh, it's not necessarily like the Rockies are, are, are trying to contend for this year. But you know what? It does flesh out their bullpen a little bit, gives them that that center field left-handed hitting bat. Yeah. You got your third baseman of the future, in addition to another prospect as well. How does that? How does something like that feel for you? I don't know if the Diamondbacks would be interested in like like if they're if they're going to trade a Jake McCarthy in order to get the deal to work. I doubt that. I doubt that they're going to want one of the major things coming back to them being like just money off of their payroll, like, in you know, dealing a Nick Ahmed or a Mark Melanson. I think, you know, if you're going to make the move to deal a Jake McCarthy, I think you're going to want to just get as much like, you know, major league ready value as you possibly can. Um, so I'd be kind of surprised if they made a move like that and, and kind of tied McCarthy to like a Melanson and a Nick Ahmed. Um, Montero's interesting. He's yeah. 23 years old, I want to say. So he broke into the league at a really young age. He's already already had some major league experience. Um, I didn't watch him as much as you did this last year. I think uh, the strikeout numbers are, are a little scary early on. It seems like he struck out kind of a lot, and he, and he really never walked almost. Do we, uh, we care about strikeouts in 2022, 23 <laughs> anymore? <laughs> I think that, I mean, the Diamondbacks just um, – just moved on from from Stone Garrett, uh, a guy who put up really good numbers, but his strikeout rate was kind of high. His walk rate was, right. was a little bit low. So um, not to say that that necessarily takes Montero out of the running. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting setup like th- this general structure of a deal where the Diamondbacks trade a McCarthy for a young third baseman has a ha- makes a lot of sense. It's just a matter of kind of how the Diamondbacks feel about Montero and how confident they are in his future. On the on the rocky side, say again, Jake McCarthy comes in as one of those outfielders. How important at Coors is is you know defensive ability in the outfield for it? Because yeah, if you played all over the Very field, good. all over the outfield this season, and looking at the, you know the numbers, uh, both left and right field, negative one defensive run save. Yeah, I mean it's not bad because you know it's, just, it's right there, roughly it's about you know, average. Um, yeah. but it's a little little slightly negative. Um, he did have a defensive run saved in center field, but that's where he uh, played. I think the least amount of his innings. Sure. Um, in the outfield this season. So how important is bringing in, if you're bringing an outfielder back is that defensive ability in the outfield at course field? I mean, defensively, that that is incredibly key. Uh, there's folks even out there that that almost want to treat center field like 
uh, you know, a lot of teams did in the 1980s with their shortstop play. Just play great defense. It doesn't matter if you get close to 200. Like, just <laughs> be able to track balls down in center field. And I think there would be a lot of value of that. Again, that remains to be seen if McCarthy is that guy, especially because he's, he's, he's checking fast. off the other box. I mean, he, he's, yeah. he's a 98th percentile sprint speed guy. Like, he's one of the yes. fastest guys in the majors. But, but yeah, it is interesting. Like, the defensive metrics haven't really lined up with that yet. Sure. Um, it doesn't seem like he moves quite as well in the outfield as some of the other Diamondbacks outfielders. So I think he'd be solid if you put him in a corner, but that is a very large outfield and like in center for, for a guy like Jake McCarthy to manage. So that, that might be a little ambitious. I think you might need younger legs there in center than, uh, than, than a guy in his thirties, like a Kevin Kiermeyer, uh, which that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Targeting youth for that spot is, is probably, yeah. probably a good play. Well, one thing it looks like is, is, as far as baseball savant goes, outfielder jump. He's in the 15th percentile. Jake yeah, McCarthy. Yeah. That may that may be the culprit. Instincts. If, yeah, instincts. Yeah. I think it's a slow first step, but then he's like crazy fast, so he can yeah. like sort of make up. For so it. comfortability um, maybe may help with that. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't know how much. I mean, obviously, course field has the elements affect the game more than like any other ballpark, but like especially versus Chase Field in Arizona, um, that that may be even a tougher jump to make. Going from again from a, yeah. a, a place with a roof in Arizona to of course field where the balls fly. I'll say this: field. even if he can't play center field and he's not a center fielder in the long run, and you know you put him out in right field and go, well, Zach Veen, that's going to be his spot in right field. I mean, there's still some hope. Maybe you could slide him over to center. You don't worry about that. You you've got far too many infielders, corner infielders too. Montero can play a little bit of first base. Walker, I think he only has one year left before he hits free agency. So he has again, a couple, couple years. If, yeah. if uh, Montero doesn't stick there two more, right. Uh, he can move over to first base in, in time. That being said, if you can get a guy like Jake McCarthy, you go ahead and do that. And you're, you're not going to be blocking Zach Veen. You know, you can kind of figure that out as it goes along, but Montero, again, one of those guys, you can get, even go back on the DNVR sports channel and uh, see some of the discussions we had about, whether or not Ryan McMahon or, or Brendan Rodgers could possibly be a trade chip and why that makes sense. But Montero being that guy who's not established like McMahon in Rodgers, could, does this one make sense? The Nationals are not going to be very good this year. In no. fact, I think according to Zips, the Nationals uh, are the only team that is uh, projected to be worse than the, than the Rockies. But if the Nationals can get more money off the books, they get a guy like Montero in exchange for Patrick Corbin, guy you know well, Jesse. Josiah Gray, uh, you know, might not want to give up that kind of a contract, and maybe a couple bucks, maybe not fifty million like in the Noel Arenado deal. Twenty-five million, you take something like that, yeah. so that the Nationals can take even more money off the books and have a third baseman of the future. Don't know necessarily if the Nationals would be interested in that, but does that seem to make sense if you take the ten thousand foot view in, in MLB Montero for Patrick Corbin, Josiah Gray, and maybe a couple bucks, and maybe a couple other pieces uh -huh. you need to make have it make sense if that's just the core of the deal with something like that seem to make sense for both sides. I mean, Patrick Corbin had a miserable season, frankly, and he, <laughs> 37 million, right over like and, the next. Yeah. And he makes, a lot, makes a lot of money. So um, I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised to hear you suggest a trade in which the Rockies take on uh, what might, I mean, I don't know if it's the worst contract in baseball, but it's, it's up, there. up there. I mean, he, I don't know if you can put Patrick Corbin in a starting rotation at this point. And the thought of, the thought of him pitching at Coors Field, frankly, is is a, <laughs> I mean, it's a scary thought. Like that, that just might not go very well. Were you, so, were you scared when uh, he was suiting up for the Diamondbacks and starting at at Coors Field? 
Well, he, he was, was a little a, bit better at that time. He was a much different pitcher back then. It's true. Depending, depending on true. the year, he kind of had his ups and downs in Arizona. But yeah, I don't know if the Nationals like necessarily regret this deal on the whole because, no. I mean, Patrick Corbin still had some really good years for them and they won a World Series. And, um, so I think there's, you know, there's more layers to that. But yeah, I mean, the Patrick Corbin deal is is in a really tough spot now. Yeah. Right? Frankly, looking at the deal, I don't know if the Rockies are really getting enough from what you've said. Uh, to warrant bringing back that monstrosity of a contract. It is it is kind of jarring to see like how quickly the decline for Patrick Corbin came. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that 2018 season, he was nearly a six war player, according to Fangraphs. Yeah. Like he was, and that was uh, his last year in Arizona. Yeah, he was awesome. Arizona Even was that first year in Washington, he was still four, 4.7 war, F4, almost five. Yeah. He was still a very good pitcher. And then he has, he got 1.2, 0.2, and then 0.8 the next three seasons yeah. after. Like it's, that's a pretty sharp, sure. quick decline for Patrick Corbin, considering where he was when he signed that contract. That would be why you need to include some money, obviously, to, to pay down that deal because there's still a lot left, and why you would probably also need to include another prospect. Starting pitcher would be great for the Rockies, so that kind of fills out the rest of your rotation. So there, there is some value of having a veteran guy that can eat up innings, even if his ERA is, is going to be in a low five. That's not the worst thing in the world. Low, I don't know if it's low five. It was the Rockies. Field, but. <laughs> so that, then the question is this, if, if, if you are backing off of Patrick Corbin as a whole, even regardless of how, how much he's overpaid in that deal, would you rather have Patrick Corbin or Steven Strasburg from the Washington nationals? You're oh, still gosh. getting, you're still getting a really good young and controllable pitcher in Josiah gray. And, and some of that deal is going to get paid down. You only got to give up the one guy. You only got to give up Montero, Strasburg, or Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin looks a little bit better now, doesn't he? He's at least healthy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh gosh, are those the only two options? Those Strasburg, are your two options. Strasburg. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think Strasburg, from just like an injury standpoint, it's just always hard to. I think if if the Rockies have a need to eat up innings, Patrick Corbin is probably a better, a more safe bet to do that. I guess so. I would maybe go that route. That makes sense. Yeah, Corbin. It's it's. I think so. It just because of like you said, the injuries. It's it's every year now. It's, it's I don't know the last year he was like even remotely healthy. Uh, start off the top of my head, Steven Strasburg. So I think if you're at least want a guy to be able to play for you, Patrick Corbin might be a safer bet. I feel I feel better now. Of, <laughs> you feel better with, with that deal and, and having it makes it made more sense at least than the Strasburg option. Yeah, I mean getting Josiah Gray back is. That's sort of compelling. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, Thank you all for being here with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again soon. All right, that was a fun segment. They're doing some good stuff out there. All right, Patrick Corbin, probably not the answer. Add that to my notes. Uh, We're going to talk to Patrick a little more about this in just a couple of minutes. But first, we have to talk about... Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, they have taken great care of all of our DNVR members over the years, especially those that have made the permanent switch. It helps, um, you know, of course, that they're so close to downtown Denver. But listen, we're seeing a lot of people with smiles around here. That's all thanks to the Green Mountain Dental Group. The best part, when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, or exam with them, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental. And tell the team that the DNVR sports crew sent you and you'll get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients. And if you mention DNVR sports, you get a free set of bleach trays. That's a $350 value that comes with a new patient cleaning exam and x-rays. And listen, taking care of yourself 
Inside Out Athletic Greens is something that you know we love here on this show. I drink it every single day. Listen, I drink a lot of green juices. Athletic Greens actually tastes good. A lot of them do not. They do. And I also feel amazing, too. Difference in my gut health. I'm getting those vitamins first thing in the morning. So I take a scoop of Athletic Greens every day. I'm getting 75 high-quality vitamins. I'm getting whole food-sourced food superfoods, probiotics, minerals, adaptogens, kale, how do we feel about adaptogens? Love, Love them. Um, just incredible. Helps me start my day right. Athletic Greens supports mental clarity and alertness, which is why I'm so alert and clear on this show. <laughs> but it has become a micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Rockies. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Rockies to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We got to pick up my favorite tweets of the day. We've got two tweets of the day that I'm going to share with the program. We're going to start we're going to start with some trending topics about MLB free agency. Um, this had me in stitches. Um, trending on Twitter yesterday was welcome to Philly and Phoebe Bridgers. And this person was like, oh, wow, what a move. What a shock. What a shock. Phoebe Bridgers is a Philadelphia Philly. Crazy stuff. Um, and then this one from one of our favorite accounts, Rocktober19, I love this Cody Bellinger tweet so much. One year of legal weed and the manager's name is Bud. Yeah, sure. Whatever, man. I that's why, like I really want the Cody Bellinger thing to happen because this is perfect. He needs to be here. He belongs here. <laughs> I love it. Is Patrick, is Patrick in here yet? No, Patrick, what are we doing? Is that the beep I heard? That was the beep. Interesting stuff. We're going to talk to Patrick in just a second. He is out in San Diego. Hey, Susie. Oh, my gosh. I can hear you, Patrick. I thought that we were never going to get to talk to you. How is it going out there in San Diego? Fantastic. Uh, the entirety of the baseball world is here, which is probably why the Wi-Fi isn't great. Uh, in a multi-dollar you, you wouldn't think that's the case, but hey. That's baseball, as Bud Black likes to say. That is baseball. Yeah, let's talk about Bud Black because you got a chance to chat with him. We haven't talked to him in such a long time. Uh, what else did you all talk about out there with him? Well, we talked a lot about the roster. Obviously, Nolan Jones being uh, an interesting guy that you know could play a little bit of third base, corner outfield, maybe even first base. Uh, that allows a lot of flexibility depending on what happens in in spring training, if we, we do have all of the same infielders, but uh, it does sound that the Rockies don't seem to be having too much of an issue with three third basemen and, and Ella Harris Montero, Ryan McMahon, obviously the incumbent, uh, and Nolan Jones and Brandon Rogers at second base and McMahon at second base and Crone at first base and Tolly at first base, Jones at first base, Connor Joe at first base. There's a lot of infielders, but only one shortstop, only one Ezekiel Tovar. And although they're they're not guaranteeing that he will be there, he's got to earn the spot. Obviously, uh, line is I don't think we'll see a frugal signing like Jose Iglesias uh, 
uh, early on in the offseason last year in March. I think they'll leave that path open for uh, Tovar. And if he's not ready, you can go with Alan Trejo at shortstop. So Tovar, uh, a little bit of the subject of conversation yesterday. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, once it's Tovar time, it's Tovar time forever. But the rest of the infield, so you said that Bud Black doesn't seem too concerned with the, the crowding at multiple positions. Do you Are you concerned, Patrick? I wouldn't say I'm concerned. Uh, mm-hmm. By any means, it, I think it would, it would make sense to possibly – you know, utilize that depth to, to acquire some starting pitching, relief pitching, maybe even a, a, a nice little trade that upgrades your outfield. You could potentially do that. But uh, one of the things Buddy said and, and Schmidt kind of seconded was just this idea that these players aren't going to necessarily learn anything from, from going back to AAA. So we could see Taro as one of the bench players uh, rather than bringing in a veteran uh, to, to sit on the bench and have Montero get his rep. So, uh, it sounds like he will, you know, be on that 26-man roster with Jones, uh, all those, all those young guys, uh, and they'll just kind of have to figure it out a little bit, even if it's without, you know, a ton of playing time and a guaranteed mm. starting spot. So, uh, might be concerned if you are one of those players because there's only so many at bats and so many innings to go around. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, that's a that's one of the few good problems uh, the Rockies probably have right now with the roster. Um, let's talk about the outfield. Where's Cody? Cody Bellinger is, uh, he's just out in the ether. He's floating around <laughs> as a free agent. A lot of suitors. I think there's a lot of teams that are still really intrigued uh, by what he can be. Again, part of the reason he was non-tendered was because of the, the value of the contract at, at 18 plus million dollars. That's a lot of money for something that's not guaranteed. And for a team like the Dodgers, we can probably pick up a guy off the scrap heap and, and get that same kind of production that, that Bellinger provided. You don't need to do that. Whereas another team, maybe even a team like the Rockies, uh, it's a much better fit. You know, Schmidt did say that was that was one of the bigger pieces uh, to take away from uh, Monday's conversation with him in the suite is that they're, they're probably going to be backing off of Brandon Nimmo. We actually have a free article up at the DNBR.com now uh, all about that Nimmo not being the target. There he's from Wyoming. Uh, I think a lot of that just has to do with the idea that if you uh, were to sign a guy like Brandon Nimmo to a five, six year deal, uh, what's going to end up happening in, in years four, five, and six is uh, you might block some of the young players that they've got right now in the outfield. Mm-hmm. But also a piece of that is, is too, uh, he'll, he'll be 33, 34, 35 in those seasons. And if you're paying him 20 plus million dollars, in addition to Chris Bryant, you got $50 million going to two players on the wrong side of 30 when your window of contention may finally first start opening up. So I think you, you want to save that money until you actually need it. Nimmo obviously would be a great upgrade right now, uh, would immediately make an impact. Uh, but bottom line, how, how much does that impact actually get you? How, how closer does that get you to the, the third wild card spot? Probably not a ton. Probably not a ton. There's still a lot more upgrades that need to be made. So you might want to just kind of sit back in the market. Bellinger's great, no such thing. Uh, as a bad one-year deal, as Schmidt said, and so he's, he's talked to Scott Boris. That's the thing. He's talked to uh, Cody's agent, not Cody himself directly, but uh, there is obviously a link there uh, between the two. Very interesting. Um, uh, all right, so I don't know if you saw that. Uh, so Trey Turner, of course, we all saw that he signed with the Phillies, but apparently he turned down more money from the Padres to be a Philly. Patrick, is there anyone out there who wants to be a Rocky that badly? That they would, they would turn down money to, to come to yeah. Colorado. Uh, I, Brandon Nimmo would be that only guy, right? He's, <laughs> in the re- he's a regional player. 
a but local no, it, guy. <laughs> well, hey, look, the thing about it is uh, the Padres had Trey Turner once. Uh, drafted him out of North Carolina State. Traded him away you know, before he was uh, even truly a Padre. Uh, I, I can actually remember going down to spring training and, and seeing him in a Padre uniform and going, yeah, but he was, he was already traded to the Nationals. And uh, there, was a, there was just kind of a logistical thing in the CBA at that point. So he still had to play with the Nationals, even though he was already traded. Yeah, he... It's still the blue the Padres, even though he had traded, been traditional. So uh, that's kind of strange. So uh, I think uh, I think he's probably a little upset about that and said, you know what? I'd, I'd rather go to a more a much more chill place than San Diego. That, of course, being Philadelphia. Yeah, very very chill. Um, you guys in um, that segment that you and the All City team recorded, you guys mentioned that the Nats are the only team projected to be worse than the Rockies this season. Um, so that's not great. But where where do we go from here? Yeah, I, I think there's just a lot of smaller moves that have to be made. You need, you don't want to say, you know what, just come back and wait for that, that window of contention to open up or, or wait for these young guys to arrive. That can be frustrating, right? I mean, I think that, that's what that's what tanking is, right? Mm-hmm. Rockies are not tanking by any means. But uh, I think there, there could be a, a general realization that perhaps their time is not now. So don't do anything harsh. Don't do anything too drastic that would screw things up later on down the line. I, I, I beg to, to to throw in the conversation, not making any moves at the trade deadline, hurt them further on down the line. And if hurt is, is too strong of a word or doesn't seem to make sense, you simply did not benefit the future of your franchise by making those kind of moves. So this is a case where you would be hurting uh, if you lock into a, a longer term deal. So uh, I think the hope is just you can make enough of the smaller moves, things lock into place, uh, you get a little bit closer for next year and, and, and maybe even 2025 when it really seems like things will start locking in. You'll, you'll have Zach Bean on the roster there, probably a year or two under his belt at some point. Schmidt did say midsummer call up for Zach Bean. Look, Zach okay. will tell us when he's ready. He's, he's going to tell the Rockies when he's ready. He'll tell all of us uh, by his play, similar to what we saw in the Arizona Fall League. That's why it's a 15% chance that he could be on the opening day roster. In fact, Based on what Bill Schmidt said, Zach Bean telling us he's ready, I think we might need to bump that number up to 20%. We're at 20% now that we, Zach Bean's on the roster. We are at 20% on the venometer. This is huge news. Uh, Patrick, great stuff. What is on the docket for today? A couple things. Uh, we'll get a chance to talk with Bill Schmidt again. Uh, Rob Manfred here talking with the BBWA in, in just a minute. So. Uh, could have some interesting news about the Oakland and Tampa Bay situation, any kind of expansion. Obviously, there's new rules coming in 2023. There possibly could be some new rules maybe even being implement, implemented in 2024. Of course, tonight, uh, don't know what to expect. I've heard there are going to be ping pong balls in the first ever MLB draft lottery. The Rockies could get the first overall pick. This is legit. This is all on the up and up, which, of course, you have every reason to believe that it will be. The Rockies, you could wake up or wake up from a nap or just learn later tonight or early Wednesday morning. The Colorado Rockies, despite not being the worst team in all of baseball last year, have the first overall pick. That's kind of the excitement that comes with the MLB draft lottery. That's kind of the best thing that could happen to us this week, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) Best case scenario. Patrick, thank you so much. Um, We're really enjoying all your content out there. We appreciate it. Do you think we can talk to you again tomorrow? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for holding down the fort down there. Yes. All right. 
I'll talk to you later. Got it. See you guys. See ya. Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm glad we finally got him. That was good. I'm glad this worked out. All right. This is a great time to bring the show to a close. We are going to do this, of course, again tomorrow at 11 o'clock. We're going to do it Thursday at 11 o'clock. Friday, of course, is a, a, you know, a, a typical Susie show where we like to lead into happy hour. And I actually get to do that show at five o'clock on Friday. So just, you know, mark your calendar, set your alarms on your phone, because we've got fresh winter meetings content for you all week long. So you can follow along at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. You can follow Kale and all of his fantastic photography that he posts every single day at Kale Sorbo with two L's, two L's. You can follow me at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. Thanks for joining today. You know what they say about closing a show? I don't know how to, what do they say? I don't know how to do it. So we're just going to talk to you again tomorrow.